Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Top five things I might have been wrong about. Takes a big man to admit when he's wrong. I'm a big man, so I'm going to admit when I'm wrong. Well, that AM Baylor National Championship game is definitely that not was, good That's right going to haunt me Paul. forever. You know, the, uh, you know, putting... Putting uh, LSU in the college football playoff, too. No. Uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, no. uh, number five, Emory Jones. Through two games in Cincinnati, it looks like Scott Satterfield is the coach who can match him. And maybe I should have given him a hall pass for what a disaster Arizona State was when he walked into it. Um, I just know that, you know, my logic on it was like, this guy's been at two places. It's kind of ended up the same way, but maybe at the two places, he wasn't being coached the right way that gets through to him and everybody kind of has the perfect coach for them. And maybe Scott Satterfield is for Emory Jones. I know it's early, but he's played really well for them uh, and looks good and doesn't look like the guy who was an absolute turnover waiting to happen uh, at the previous two stops. So I admit I may have been wrong on Emory Jones. Well, in three or four weeks, we might go on things I actually was right about the first <laughs> yeah. time. No, I, I think that he's gotten off to a great start, obviously. They're 2-0, and and I think they might be sneaky in the Big 12 this year. You know, just a team that I don't think enough people really knew about. And it's not even just the fact that, I mean, they've just not really been connected in many ways to the current Big 12 schools, but also they were undergoing a coaching change. So it wasn't like they were rolling in with all this momentum of Luke Fickle and the playoff and all of that. It was like, no, it's a new staff. So just everything's kind of a of a, a new thing for, for people to wrap their heads around. Um, but I I think I said it last week. I You know, Emory Jones – or no, it was a couple weeks ago we were talking about Cincinnati, and I said I, I don't see any reason why he won't be an upgrade over Ben Bryant. And – you know, I, I know there's probably some risk in saying that, but I feel pretty good about that now because they're two games. He's looked way better, and they've been way better. And, uh, yeah, he looks like he, you know, they might be onto something with Emory Jones there uh, pulling the trigger. Yeah. Number four, Baylor will be more consistent. And based over the first two games of this year, I could not have been more wrong about that. They are no, – They've been consistent in the loss column. Yeah, but they're not – like, it is last year – and it's spilled over to this year, they're on this six-game losing streak, and I can't say this enough. Usually when a team is kind of in a funk, you can point to one specific thing, like, oh, um, you know, b- before Phil Bennett came to Baylor, they needed, they needed a different scheme on defense because what they were doing was not working. So they needed a different scheme on defense. When Phil Bennett came in, the defense got better, and overall they, they figured it out. Um, or like, oh man, the defensive line isn't good. You got to get better defensive linemen. They can't stop the run. It is like if you go back through the the six losses, which are what Kansas State, TCU, Air Force. Um, I'm leaving somebody at Texas and uh, Kansas State, TCU, Air Force, Texas, uh, Texas State, and and Texas State, and and now uh, Utah. Yeah, every single one of those games went down differently. 
Yeah. Every single one. So it wasn't the same. It wasn't, it wasn't just the run defense in one game. It wasn't just the offense in one game. It was, it was all kind of different things. So that's a team that's inconsistent, and they just continue to do that. So I'm kind of surprised that they're not more consistent this year because that was kind of the mantra going in. Now, they can fix that uh, going down the line, but I'm kind of surprised that that's not, that's not their thing, that they're at least consistent in spite of maybe you know, losing a game or so. Yeah, they're all over the place, and I think that's where the frustration is. Is like, who the hell are they? Like, I mean, what team is this? What are we rooting for, or what are we following, or what are we seeing? It's just, it's very confusing how just, yeah, all over the map they are in in, uh, in just pick a performance. I mean, because they're all going to be different. So pick one. That's going to be different from this other one. Um, and, and it's maddening, I think, at this point that you're in year four, yep. and this is still the case. And, I mean, that's the issue. Everybody likes Dave Aranda. I mean, sure, there are some that would like somebody that's more of a rah-rah guy or something, but I don't think anybody personally dislikes him in any way. I think the majority of people want him and think that he's actually, like, perfect for this job. He's, like, the perfect guy to sit here and build something. But, it, like, you have to know what you're trying to embrace, and I don't think anybody can figure out what the hell they're supposed to be embracing. Like, are we a good offense or no? Or is it a good defensive team? No. Uh, are they consistently this? No. Is this guy st- no? And it's just, it's very confusing, and and you don't know, yeah, what to really expect in any given Saturday. It's it's bizarre. It, you, he is a defensive mind. I'm not making this comparison, but there have been coaches who have been hired because of what they do on offense and what they do on defense. Now he was hired for more than that, but he was a defensive mind in Monday's uh, opening game against Texas State. They were, we understand, just completely a mess, but. Yeah, it's not like one time it's the kicking game, although the missed field goal at the end of the first half was not time ran out, but there's that's going to come back. It's like an extra out in, uh, in baseball. I don't – you can't just pinpoint it. Uh, it would be – like Dave Aranda would be able to coach around it. See, if you have one major issue that makes you lose games, eventually you can try and coach around it. Like, okay, you can't get – like if you don't have a good defensive line, you can't all of a sudden like get – Iowa. Yeah, like excellent. Like you can't just all of a sudden get a good defensive line right away. Like you're going to have to ride out the storm with who you have, and then you just figure out, okay, how can we coach around this? They can't coach around anything. Like it's just when they try to, then another like, okay, they got that problem you're, solved. The and way you're saying one. that, you're not, and, and some people would disagree, but you're not saying that they specifically aren't coaching their asses off. No, but, like, if you don't know the specific, like, what I'm saying is it's like whack-a-mole. Like, the minute they knock one down, like, another one pops pops up, up. and they're like, well, wait a minute. We just solved this one. Like, now we've got another one. So that's been the the problem with it. It's, It's really weird. Number three. Florida would better in year two of Napier. I like. I really do think Billy Napier is a really good coach, and I think he's going to be really successful. But he might have not stepped into Florida at the best time, and the roster, like the fact that he had the third pick in the draft last year, and they barely made a bowl game, uh, was was kind of troubling. And then this year they've downgraded in, at quarterback position, and they've got a bear of a schedule. And I I think that there's going to be a lot of propaganda around him to get him out and move faster in a new era. And that's just going to keep Florida in this cycle of, you know, don't like this coach, don't like this coach, don't like this coach, don't like this coach, which is, you know, everybody between Urban Meyer and and now him. You know, it's just been, it's just been this cavalcade. And they were lucky in that it was Steve Spurrier 
And then like Ron Zook didn't work out. And then Urban Meyer came in and they won with Urban Meyer. I don't know what they're, you know, they've got to do something because it's, it's not working out for them. And I thought they would be better and you would see that in year two uh, around everything else. But really, so far you've seen a team that's not, I mean, I know they won this past weekend against the McNeese or whoever they played, but you know, you just see a team that's not very fast, which is really surprising for a Gators team, and especially on defense, not very fast. So I thought they would be better, and maybe they can prove me wrong down the line, but this looks like it's going to be a struggle for Billy this year. Yeah, it does. It doesn't look like it's working very well. I would ask you this, though. How did you feel about Norvell after year two? Um, I was – I saw some – I saw progress, but year two was also when they lost to Jack State, so I wondered if he was – like, the thing was, he was a great Monday to Friday coach, but right. Saturdays he wasn't great. But I uh, I saw progress. I don't know. Florida fans have to see that this year. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he won three games, and he won five games, and yeah. then they won ten games. Yeah. And so, you know, Nate Pierce, two games into year two. I get it. It doesn't look good, but I do think – you know, we're a bit of a ways away from the hot seat, although I know some Gators are probably circling the swamp already there because it hasn't been what, what you thought. I mean, he was just so red hot coming in, too, that you just thought, like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. You know, this is going to be like um, like the the film that we've seen of his teams, and it's going to be, you know, I, and it's just, yeah, it's been kind of dysfunctional. So, um, uh, yeah, they, they've got to get better through this year. There's going to be a lot of heat, and deservedly that, so. That Jaden Rashada thing is going to sting That him. really, yeah. It, that, it is not his fault. I right. mean, because he had people that said, we got it. We Don't worry about it. It's all good. We signed him to a contract. And then when Jaden Rashada said, all right, well, how do, do you want my direct deposit or what? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought he wasn't supposed to know about the NIL. <laughs> He's not supposed to talk about it. They all know about it. Right, I mean, I know, so I know, I know. Uh, number two, Miami still needs more athletes. Now, they are not as good up front as they were in their glory years. And God, how could you be? Because if you look at some of the guys who came off of those rosters, especially up front, it was just a murderous row of gigantic human beings. But Mario Cristobal has gone out and found some speed. And the offensive line is certainly a, a lot better than it was. The defensive line uh, still needs some work, but that's maybe the hardest position to recruit in the entire country. But holy cow, can Miami burn again? And that was that was interesting to see after all these years of even like some of their teams that have been you know in this mediocre run. They had some guys that were fast, but the last three or four, you're like, man, this does not look. This looks like Miami on you know on three quarter speed. Like you're trying to, you're trying to see who ran the red light and read the license plate. Like that's what it looked like now, man, Miami can boogie again. And they've got, they've got some, some good, really fast players. Tyler Van Dyke looks like he's recovered from last year. Very, very well. Uh, and they're going to be a problem for some people. Yeah, they looked good. I, I you know, I knew that the A&M game was going to be a, a tight contest, or I figured that it would be, but I, I didn't expect them to win. I really did. I thought mm-hmm. A&M was going to win that game. Yeah. And uh, for Miami to not only win it, but win it pretty convincingly in doing so, right, I think is, uh, yeah, definitely a great sign for them. I mean, it's not like Cristobal's forgotten how to coach. I mean, he was a big-time hire for them, yes, because of connections and whatnot, but also because he's pretty good at what he does. And I think that you've got to give guys time, and, you know, it's uh, – it, it, it did feel like he had coached maybe like a couple games and it was already like, is this going to work? You know what I mean? We're just, we're like that with coaches, but uh, yeah, they're settling in nicely. He's getting some superb athletes. Like you said, um, obviously, you know, just in that region, he's got 
<laughs> you know, throw a rock and you can hit like a superstar athlete. But um, with their brand, they can stretch even farther. And, and yeah, there's some good things going on uh, for them right now that they can take advantage of. Yep, absolutely. And number one, Colorado would have a few growing pains. I have not seen those yet. So far, no growing pains. Now, look, they have not played Caleb Williams and Bo Nix yet, and that's coming. So those guys will give anybody growing pains, you would think. But they've certainly made it way more interesting. So I thought, yes, Colorado's definitely going to be better because they're going to have better players on the roster. But there's time to build chemistry and all these things. And so far, those things have proven not to be true. They look like a team that has tremendous chemistry uh, and can do a lot of a lot of things. Now, they have not, and no disrespect to TCU, but they have not played the toughest teams on their schedule yet, and that's what we'll learn even more about them. But right now, if you told me that they took Oregon and, and USC down to the wire and maybe even won one of those games, it would not shock me at all, given the way that offense moves. Yeah, I think uh, they need to prove they can run the ball mm-hmm. probably more consistently because uh, they're doing a lot of throwing it around, but... Um, I mean, I'm not trying to nitpick here. I guess I guess I am nitpicking of like, uh, you know, defensively, have they been fully tested by a great offense, you know, like you're referring to? Uh, I do think they probably need to uh, improve a bit of uh, Shador getting sacked. Um, he's gotten sacked quite – I mean, Nebraska put, what, eight on him mm-hmm. the, uh, the last no, they, weekend? They, they did get to him. And they... I think there were a few in that first week as well. So, but, I mean, like I'm nitpicking. They look really good. They look really – uh, dangerous, and you know if you're scoring like they're scoring, uh, and you're 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 capable of hitting on a big play at, at a moment's notice anytime offensively with all the weapons that they have, then and, and you're going to be in most games, and uh, they're only going to keep getting better in my estimation. So yeah, two games in, and it's been uh, not surprising for some who just believed right away, just like blindly, just like yep, we believe Dion's going to get it together. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people I think are are very surprised, myself included, of just how quickly they've hit the ground running. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.